Brad Weir is with us. He played plenty of football in the red, white and blue of Footscray, now known as the Western Bulldogs. Always great to get Brad's insights as a former player. Uh, the Dockers and the Dogs, two of his former teams, there's a lot of intrigue around where they finish. So the Bulldogs to move back into the top eight, they missed out in heartbreaking circumstances last year in the final home and away game. Or they down the ladder. And what about the Dockers? Can Justin Longmuir push Fremantle back to finals this year? Let's ask Brad Weirer, who's with us on Sports Breakfast. Morning, Brad. Good morning, gents. Good to be with you. Always nice to speak football with you. And um, we're at the end of February and we're only a week or so away from the season. Do you like the earlier start? I do. I just actually had a look on social media before and I think it's 10 days till mm. first bounce. I saw Scott Pendlebury talking about it. First day till 10, bounce, uh, 10 days till first bounce. It's very early. Yep, very early, 7th of March. It all gets underway at the SCG Melbourne and Sydney, that very first game. I want to talk about the Bulldogs, because it's been an interesting summer there. There's been talks of a rift between Chris Grant, who's a legend of that club and a former teammate of yours, who's the head of football, and Luke Beveridge, who's a premiership coach and also highly revered. But I guess this is not to be to be sneezed at. I think the, the club's confirmed that there has been an issue that's had to be resolved over the summer, but I mean, disagreements in football clubs aren't uncommon and, and they're not uncommon in any workplace. How do the Bulldogs attack this season for you, Brad? Oh, I think they're one that jumps back into the eight for mine, and that's not because I barrack for them. I think their list is too good to miss uh, two finals campaigns in a row. If you go through their, their spine and, and, and their midfield they have some elite talent. Uh, I just can't see them not making the eight. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I think they're, they're sort of fifth upwards. What's remarkable is that even though the, they've won a premiership and they've made a grand final as well, that they lost to Melbourne, the Bulldogs have never finished in the top four under Luke Beveridge, which is quite a remarkable statistic, but they've gone on great runs in September. Is, is this a squad that can finish in the top four? I think it is, and it's it's quite interesting, that stat, isn't it? And If you talk to Chris Scott, Geelong's coach, about this, it's about momentum at the right time, and I think him and Luke Beveridge are very much aligned on getting your squad right at the right time, and we saw when the Bulldogs did win it in 16 that they just perfectly timed their run. We've seen Sydney do it in the past. And I know it's a little cliche, but that that's the secret to to any campaign, getting your players right, getting them fit, getting them ready for that run into September and, and the last couple of weeks. And I think the Bulldogs have done that quite well. They, they have managed their uh, their run in, although last year you know, just not enough wins and, and couldn't get it done in that last game to get, to get in. However, I do think that they will get back in. I think their list, as I said, is, is too talented uh, not to. And on the, on the arguments in footy, there's always there that... That makes the world go round. Uh, I lived with Chris Grant for a couple of years when I was in in, in Melbourne. He's a really good fella, good operator, as with beverage. They'll shake hands, move on, put their big boy pants on, and I think we'll, uh, they'll be okay. One fellow I'm interested to see where he's at at the moment is Sam Darcy. I mean, he's had a couple of years of pretty, well, plenty of injuries, and uh, obviously he could be a pretty key player. What's the story on his development at the moment? I think it's where, unfortunately, with a few injuries, Wayne, it's not exactly where they want. But I've said this before and I'll say it again, not because I played with Luke and I've seen Sam grow up. People will go to the footy to watch him play. Mm. Uh, He's an an extreme talent. And when he grows into his body and uh, spent a lot of time with a good friend, Matthew Burton and big blokes take a little bit longer to grow into their body. Uh, Once he does and once he learns, 
his dad was the same. When we first started, Luke was like the the baby giraffe, but he became an All-Australian, an All-Australian captain. Uh, and from all reports, his dad was a bit the same. Uh, I think Sam Darcy will be a player that we'll go to watch and talk about. Uh, he's one of the reasons why I think the Bulldogs will jump back up. If you put him into their team with an Aaron Norton, with Jamar, uh, you know, they've just got elite talent uh, to kick it to, as well as there's a fair fella who, who captains the side in the, uh, in the centre that's probably the best player, if not one of in the comp. I mean, you... you mention a name there that is oh, just wonder whether he can or what level he can get to is Jamar Eugle Hagen I mean he's just shown so much I suppose it's just the consistency that they'd be looking for it is and and we forget sometimes how young these boys are and how long it does take and you've you've coached an elite level and, and it'd be the same in the, in cricket I'm sure that it does take time you see the premiership windows open up when they've had four, five, uh, six years, 100 games sort of uh, experience. Uh, I think uh, throw that in with being a number one draft pick pressure uh, as well as moving into the big in big cities, all of those things I think is going to be something special. We've seen that, haven't we, with you know, bags of five and six. You don't do that if you can't play. No, no, and uh, his five-goal haul to announce himself against the Demons uh, a couple of years ago was brilliant, and he certainly developed his game from there. No Bailey Smith this year after injuring his ACL in the the summer months. Uh, There's a lot of talk around his contract. I guess that's secondary now, but to lose him is a blow. A young man by the name of Riley Sanders, who was an early draft pick this this summer, he looks as though he could almost slot in straight away. There's there's great raps on, on this young man. He does. Uh, he's an, uh, a very exciting uh, prospect. Uh, not that I'm a betting man, but I watch for his name when they uh, read out the Rising Star votes uh, at the end of the season. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk about Harley Reid, but I, I think uh, Riley Sanders will be right that right up there in contention when we're, uh, we're talking that. Really uh, disappointing for uh, Bailey Smith to um, be injured. That's part of footy. That's part of hard pre-seasons. Hopefully he does his rehab, which will be the secret to where his contract lands. But by all reports from the kennel, if he's embraced it, it's difficult. Uh, they're a good bunch, the, the Bulldogs, that they look after each other, the players. Uh, and uh, in, in speaking with Tom Libertore about it, uh, he's on track. Tell you what, there's a few father-sons there. I know they often use the term sons of the West, but there's a Darcy, there's a Liberatore, there's now a Croft who's been added. There's a few others uh, that are there that are sons of famous players at the Western Bulldogs. They do that well, father-son. Uh, it's quite unique. Uh, well, unique's probably not the words. Uh, when my, in my time there, when I think of back when I played, uh, Scott West, Luke Darcy, uh Tony Liberatore, Mark Hunter, who's now a Bulldog, brought to Melbourne. Matthew Croft, whose son, uh, as you mentioned. Uh, Chrissy Grant's daughter is playing as well for the uh, AFLW. So uh, you, you sort of look at that and go, um, pretty special time, as well as pretty special players. Their dad's north of 250, 300 how, how important is Tim English going to be to the Bulldogs and him keeping fit? Massively, massively. I haven't read it, but I just saw a little bit of snapshot that how he couldn't be in the top 50 players in the comp is astounding. Mm. It's an opinionated game, as I tell my 14-year-old son, and you have to respect everyone's, but I think they may have got that one wrong. 
Tim English is a is a super talent uh, and new not new age but that new age running ruckman uh, that can uh, he's an elite runner uh, and we've seen he's super important as are all key players but he in the ruck we saw we saw with Fremantle I'm sure we're going to talk shortly mm-hmm. with Sean Darcy going down last year. You do need a really good backup, but the Bulldogs uh, it's a little bit all duck no dinner with uh, with English in that in that regard. They'd be sort of looking at a lob and co after him. So very important. So that's the Bulldogs. Brad Burrows with us. He's chatting his two former AFL clubs, uh, Footscray, the Western Bulldogs, and Fremantle uh, here on Sports Breakfast this morning. As for the Dockers, well, they've lost Lockie Schultz. He joins Collingwood, the reigning premiers, and uh, Liam Henry's gone to St Kilda. In the last few years, they've lost an awful amount of talent off their list, and that's made things challenging as far as pushing into the finals again after finishing fifth in 2022. Brad, is there a a scope for Fremantle to push into the top eight this year? I think there is. Uh, Last year, it's very difficult to to maintain and play finals year on year. We know that. Speaking as we just said about the Bulldogs, they had an outstanding year in... Uh, the year before last, making coming fifth. Yes, there's been some uh, some players leave. What does that open? It opens opportunity. Remembering uh, that Fremantle have had significant early picks that are now starting to get, and I spoke about experience for, uh, and when we're talking about the Bulldogs, but I'm talking Johnson and Erasmus and co, who are early drop uh, draft picks. Jaya Miss. We forget that, and uh, maybe that's not for this year, but we forget that Fremantle still have three first-round draft picks for next season. It will be, as uh, I think their CEO said, a slow build. You know, and I know he threw a decade out there. I don't think it's that long. Uh, do I see Fremantle making back into the top eight? I think they're eight, seventh or eighth. I do. Sean Darcy is important. Uh, we've already uh, sort of hinted at that. And working with Luke Jackson, uh, those two seemed to work okay last year, but maybe Luke Jackson played his best football in the last six weeks when Darcy was ruled out due to injury. Uh, how do they maintain that balance with Darcy and Jackson? Yeah, I think it's a weapon for them, and they'll take some time, just like we were talking about the Bulldogs' uh, forward uh, riches. It takes some time to learn uh, to play with each other and to know each other's idiosyncrasies as well as play with your midfielders. I think we'll see a, uh, an outstanding season from if they stay fit, especially Jackson. And if we're looking at his pre-season form, he, he's an outstanding prospect. Always judge trades five, six years down the track. Uh, we know that Fremantle gave up significant resource for Jackson, I still think he's going to be right up there with the best uh, and most important players in the comp. Now, there's a lot of talk about Fife and his fitness and, and how they'll be in the midfield. And I mean, could they get a little bit excited this and overdo it? How would you manage uh, Fife this year? Oh, I think Nathan will manage himself, Wayne. But uh, how would I manage him uh, on field? I think they have to be smarter. And we spoke about you know, timing your run. It's it's probably a little bit different with Nathan because you'd be so keen to just play and get out and play. That's going to be the hard part. He's just the, that big ball midfielder, which as we get older, it's harder to do. All reports is that he's trimmed down, he's fit as he's ever been, but so are every other other player on the, on the list that's fit. So that's what we do. We need to sell papers. We need to get interest in the game. Let's see how Nathan's going when. You know, this week will be a really good test to come up against Port Adelaide, albeit in a pre-season game. How would I manage him? I'd still play him midfield forward. 
uh, predominantly midfield, but you're going to have to manage his time, otherwise it's going to break him down again. Can they score enough Fremantle to challenge the good teams? I think defensively Justin Longmuir has been able to um, find a way to restrict teams and their scoring, but have Fremantle got enough potency in their Ford 50 to kick winning scores against good sides? I think they have, if they go faster. Uh, I, I think what... what, uh, what I think sometimes we get caught up is do they have the talent down there well I think they've got the talent there it's just got to get there quick enough and doesn't don't allow these defensive teams to get back taking a risk and I think the coach has spoken about this that they'll be more offensive they were a little bit stagnant uh, and cross uh, cross field uh, a little bit last year I think uh, we'll see a bit more not exciting but a bit more take the game on. Uh, hard to judge last week uh, against West Coast whether they they did that or not against the, uh, the opposition. However, I, I think and hope that we'll see a bit more uh, take the game on from Fremantle. Then uh, over to a miss. We've seen a miss kick 40-odd goals you know, as a, a genuine rookie. Uh, I think with the two Ruckman, you get Jackson and Darcy down there. Was there a target there? Yeah, I think there is. Of course, Schultz goes out, who I think kicked 35 goals for them last year, so that needs to be replaced. Well, we see the game, a lot of it's set up from that half-back line. Jordan Clark, then maybe his importance is going to be fairly great. We saw him play well on the weekend and, you know, the, 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 trying to have the speed and get the ball through quick. Is that, could you see his role being more of a general down there? Yeah, super important. And he's the, he's the one you get in his hands to to run and, and break the lines. Uh, Rob Peter to pay Paul a little bit with Hayden Young. I still see him as a beautiful half-back, uh, and that'll sort of evolve as Nathan will play a bit more on ball. But uh, I think Fremantle, in, in, a, in their best positions, I think Hayden Young, Jordan Clark across half-back, uh, taking uh, taking the game on and, and really getting deep inside 50 is one of the keys. Where do you put the Dockers on your ladder predictor, Brad? You probably were all just getting a head around the fact the season's so close. You might have even done it yet. Where would you put the Dockers on your ladder? Yeah, I think eight uh, for me. I think uh, the draw's not super. Uh, um, there's no easy draw. That's a, that's a throwaway line. But sometimes when you do have a poor season, your draw the next year is, is somewhat uh, lighter. I don't think they've got, a, they've got the super ones. That's certainly not... You know, significantly difficult, but the home games, which we saw last year, was the key of, of why uh, they missed. I think, uh, albeit they start off with Brisbane at home, so that's uh, no easy, easy uh, start. I think eight for me for Fremantle. It'll be a good effort uh, with uh, what they've lost and yeah, where they finished last year. I think the, the fixture point is is very valid. Brad, it's always nice to get your insights and analysis here on Sport FM. Uh, we're looking forward to the season proper uh, getting underway just over a week's time. Thanks for joining us. Can't wait. Good to chat. See you.